Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and to the left of me is my man. Cappuccino. Cappuccino, me. <laughs> Big homie, what's up? I, I feel like we were just here. Hey, man. Uh, there's no place. We were. Like, there's no place like here. <laughs> There's no place I'm, like here. I am happy to be here. I know you're happy. I I'm enjoy happy. my drive out to here. I well, saw, tra- I saw summertime one the, ATL traffic is man. beautiful, isn't it? Anyway. Well, no traffic. You know, the rain has subsided and it was smooth sailing. Yeah. And I saw one of the baddest little young white bitches I've seen in a long time on Burnt Hickory. No, I was on Polk. On um, Polk, yeah. And she knew she was bad. And right. and that's a, that's an unfamiliar combo that... <laughs> I'm not accustomed to. So shouts out to the sexy little white bitch I seen on Polk Street in Marietta. Shouts out to yeah. you. Yeah. I hope to see you on my way out. Yeah, of this maybe on the way out. You know, maybe next I didn't, time. Next I didn't time blow my horn out of this time because, you know, I'm in the new whip and I'm just not doing those type of things right now. But if you were in the van, you would have done it. If I was in the van, I'd have done that shit. And then uh, yeah. uh like five minutes later, police would have been pulling me over. Sir, we got a report that yeah, you were absolutely. blowing yeah, your horn you know. at a young, sexy white woman. Yeah. Uh, we're going to need you to step yeah, out of man. the vehicle. Yeah, yeah I mean, see. Kennesaw Mountain is right there. And I wouldn't have made so it that tonight. Been, that so would have been bad. I'm smart. You are smart. You, I am. You smart. I am. Kyle told me himself. <laughs> Big face bastard. Homie, what's up with you, I l- man? I love it how Khaled's uh, son is quickly becoming more famous than he is. I yeah. love that. But he got that. like the same kind of <laughs> douche. Like, I feel Are bad we really for talking it. shit about Callan Summer. I mean, fuck him and his daddy. <laughs> but I just kind of feel like you know he's gonna be at a loss because of who his daddy is. Well, yeah, he, well, he might be. But I'm praying for him. <clears throat> you know, hopefully they just not save, too hard. But I'm hopefully I'm praying just, for him. He just saving that dough. I drop a little something when I say you know. grace. Yeah. Boy, you on one tonight, my brother. Oh boy, hard life, man. I'll tell you what. um, You know, we had quite a week last week. Mm -hmm. St. Knack, Super Nick Knack Nugget, Super Nick Knack Nugget just put a hurting on that. Knack put it hurting on the interview session last week, boy. Yeah, he did. Those fucking plays are and that shit is popping today. Yeah, that shit is popping today. One sixty-eight has popped off. Yeah, thoroughly. Motherfucking one sixty-seven popped yeah. off in a major way. Yeah, man. So we we yeah. must be doing something right. We doing it right. We doing it right, That's man. What's up? All right. Well, um, I guess we're gonna get down to business. This is an interview session. Uh, we're recording a few days early this week because my ass is getting ready to be on vacation, and so am I, and so is Meeks, and we're happy. We're both happy as a motherfucker about that, and so, we're trying uh, to be proactive for y'all. Yeah, so you're yeah, we're welcome. trying to get it done. So, um, so, th- so you know, we're we're recording a few days ahead of schedule, and uh, we managed to find a a, a lovely interview guest mm. uh, tonight. But before we get into that, this is the first time you're listening because you're a fan of said guest, maybe. And I you am. Just, or, uh, me too. And yeah. or, or you just stumbled across this lovely podcast. This is Southern Vanguard Radio. Yes. We drop twice a week. Yes. On Tuesdays, it's a hip-hop mix show. One of the greatest mix of the shows greatest, of all time. Yeah, of all time. It yeah. really is. Based and, on the uh, DJ, primarily. <clears throat> the DJ and just the exemplary 
commentary from my co-host here, Mr. Meeks. Let's Why, get one th- thing straight. Why, thank you. Let's get one thing straight. If this guy right here was not with me doing this shit, this shit would not be even a quarter of the podcast. He lies. The podcast would be that much <laughs> no, greater. Be We'd probably be talking about ten to 20,000 plays <laughs> per episode if I was not on this motherfucker. <laughs> but what it is, is I balance the yeah. unbalancedness of this whole shit. So yes. you have that aspect. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And so, then on Thursday. Yeah. So exemplary hip hop mix show on, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. And then on Thursday, we have an exemplary interview session with an MC or DJ or behind the scenes person, A&R, you know, type something or another. Security manager, guard, whatever. Yeah, security guard, we carry, whatever it may whatever be. Whatever it may be. That's on Thursday. So yes. make sure you subscribe because we drop twice a week, most times. On SoundCloud, MixCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Apple Podcasts. And we have some affiliates that help us out with the message as well, don't they, Meeks? Yes, ATLHipHop.com, IamClassicRawRadio.net, Return of the Boom Bap, WRBB, all three of those in Atlanta. And then we venture out to the West Coast with Soul Public Radio Mm -hmm. and our homeboy, X-Row. Yes, sir. Yeah. Twice a week meeks, twice a week dough. Southern Vanguard Radio. Yeah, it's, that, it's that twice a week goodness. Yes. All right, without any further ado. Fellow Tennessean. Oh, fellow, fellow Tennessee. It's country tonight. It's a country, country tonight. It's man. a country. Hey! It's a country night tonight. Oh, our, oh this 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 is and you know, this person had I mean, you know, we got we got the most infamous Bug Dudley. We got Bug Dudley. Right, we got that one. And we, we got, got we got Spending Grubby Pauls. We got Spending Grubby Pauls. Grubby Pauls, man. Yes. Grubby but, Pauls, but the, man. But this one rolls off the tongue just as easily because yeah. we got Jake Blumbo. <laughs> what up? Jake. What up? What's up, Southern my dude? Vanguard. I'm on the guard, man, finally. Man, <laughs> and I'm talking about from East Tennessee living East in Tennessee Brooklyn right in now. Paint tonight. that paint that picture. <laughs> the hillbilly in Brooklyn, oh, man. Oh, the right hillbilly here. in Brooklyn, man. I love it. You know, it's it's a twelve year journey, man, of jaking it till you make it. Like <laughs> <laughs> jaking it till you make. Hey man, tell me what it's like like when you open your mouth at like a bodega or something <laughs> like that. Like the looks that you get. Well, you know, it's a lot different now than when I first moved here because, um, you know, when I first moved here, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was a little self-conscious about my accent, you know, and thinking, like, everybody going to laugh at you and all that stuff. But once I got in the mix here and started realizing that, like, everybody in New York City basically sounds the same and my accent would make me stand out to where people would, you know, I, I could just tell somebody what direction something was at and they'd stop and where are you from? You know, and it would, it would generate a conversation you right. know, with, 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 with women, with, you know, anything like, you know, that twang all of a sudden would catch people from left field. And, you know, after being here a year or two, I learned to just embrace it and I roll with it. And, you know, now to this day, and it's so funny because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm largely associated with, you know, what you call boom bap, you know, New York yeah. underground, lyrical backpack music, whatever you want to call it. You know, but I'm the dude with the country twang who's riding around listening to, you know, Three Six Mafia and Silver oh Shocker. My like, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yes. my God. Oh, my God. Bipolar thing. Like, I don't know, man. Yo, Jake, follow me on this, man. Has that has that draw, has that twang, has that gotten you a lot of work being that you're one of the busiest mixologists and engineers in Brooklyn right now? 
Well, I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing to keep you busy as an engineer is your skill and delivering a product that people are going to be happy enough with that they're going to keep coming back to you paying their money for. Right. But with that said, in the initial conversation, yeah. That's like, the draw, know, right? That you draw them in. I've, I've, I've heard people um, talk to me on the phone and then when they meet me, think like, yo, I, I didn't think he was going to look like you do. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, yes. So, yes, you exactly. know, it's, uh, I, 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 at this point, like, you know, you always got to embrace something unique about yourself. And Absolutely. That, you know, that's what's unique about me and sets me apart from everybody else. So I roll with it now. I'm fucking with it. That's 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 yeah. beautiful, man. God damn, I that's feel like up. I'm at the crib right now. I mean, we at no, the crib. You? We I'm at, at the, the crib. crib right now. Like this, this, this we talking to our cousin right now, man. Word. <laughs> no Can't folk. So, uh, so, so Jake, um, we've been chatting over the years just, you know, because sure. we have mutual, uh, friends and, you know, we're all kind of, like you said, kind of in that same circle of, you know, music and, you know, people that we all kind of fuck with. But, um, yeah. more importantly, you reached out recently because you got a new project dropping. Mm. So, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get lost. I don't want that to get lost in the sauce. So let's talk about that, and then maybe we can go back and get into some history man, shit. Shouts out to Rusty Jobs. Yeah, man. word. So why don't you, why don't you t- yeah. just, just set us up for I the got, for uh, the new project, and uh, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll dig in a little deeper after we cover that. Yeah. So I got a new album coming out on uh, July sixth, next Friday. Um, it's a collaborative LP uh, with Rusty Jux on the microphone. Jake Palumbo on the beats, and we called it Jake and the Jooks Man. Mm. And yeah. I don't know, you know, some of your listeners may be uh, too young to remember this, but they was a short Jake and the Fat Man. Yeah, there was a short lived cop show in the 80s called Jake and the Fat uh, Man. No and, doubt. You know, the album had been done, and we were sitting around like we had a finished album, but we didn't know what to call it. And that wow. kind of popped in my head, and we laughed about it and was like, Word, that works. And wow. uh, Billy, Billy Bonks, who did the album cover, really did a good job in translating kind of the vision, you know, wow. how we were, uh, you know, check that cover on my Instagram if you ain't seen it yet. <laughs> but dope. anyway, you know, Rusty, I've always been a huge fan of, you know, everybody in the boot camp click and, everybody in duck down records and i've been fortunate enough to work with you know just about all of them uh but rusty was a dude that um ended up in my studio a few times my studio uh was in manhattan for seven years until they sold the building last year and i had to move my operation to brooklyn but uh the building that my studio was in there was another studio in the building that all the duck down used to record at up at day in the man spot and so oh, yeah. a lot of those dudes ended up uh, coming down to the basement a lot of times to do a feature for somebody else or something like that. Somebody was recording with me and me and Rusty just got cool. And, you know, I started playing him beats and, um, you know, he appeared on my last album. He was on the song Exoskeleton, uh, which also featured tech from Smith and Wesson. And the scratches actually on that song was done by. Uh, my man DJ Danger out of ATL uh, from Psyche Origami. Oh, shit. I, I uh, the Danger. Yeah, man. He um he worked for Complex now, so he ended up popping right. over at my oh, studio shit. to come shoot to come shoot. The, not to get off topic, but um you know I'd done a show with Psyche Origami in Johnson City, Tennessee, eleven years ago. Oh before shit! I moved. Wow. And so um they came by. Complex came by to tape this Black Sheep documentary <laughs> at my studio, and all of a sudden I was like, he was like Jake Palumbo. I was like Dave, and so that's how he ended up doing the scratch. Wow. Oh shit! That's really? crazy. Now, yeah, wait, now, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what song is this? What song is this again? 
uh, it's Jake Palumbo Exoskeleton. It was off my last album, Jake Until You Make It. It oh, features yeah. Rusty yeah. and Beck from Smith & Wesson. So that yeah. was the record that kind of kicked off me and Rusty working together. And then wow. um, yeah, we'll get into it later, but I have an album coming with Elder Sensei later this year uh, from The Artifacts, and Rusty did a verse on uh. that. And, you know, I just started playing in beats, and we, we kind of committed to doing an EP and it, it just flowed so much and was so easy that, you know, before we knew it, like he's real fast in the booth and I was real fast on the boards. And um, usually the beats he picked would be the first or second beat that I played for him. And so it just came together so quick. We were like, you know, let's just do an album. And, you know, the, one of the things I like about it is it is it's 12 songs, but it only clocks in at like 34 minutes. Like we end. Oh, out shit. And- OK. It's no filler, you know, it's no wasted time, right. it's, it's no skits. Um, hold on, hold you know, on, how many joints? Uh, 12. 34 minutes. Yeah, 12 songs, oh, like now see, songs. Now see, this is an interesting predicament Uh-oh. that we're, that we're in right where, here, I Jake. know where you're going. And I, we, we are, we are going to go into a rabbit hole right now. So here, because that's my, less than three minutes a song. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, here's the, here's the thing, Jake. Here's, here's the thing that I've had an issue with here as of late. And I've been very vocal about this on my social media platforms. Not that I'm fucking anybody. anybody and really, Jake, and Jay, and really, we know we know you talked about this shit too. So let's let's just get to it. So 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 my 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 uh, I have an axe to grind here recently or lately with our with our with, with the um, with the idea that that uh, all of these seven song projects that are that have been dropped from a particular producer are albums. And, um, you know, in my opinion, a seven song project is not an album. It's an EP. Right. So now here now, but here this is different. I've never thought about this. This is so timely. It's so weird how the universe works. Yeah. Because if you've got 12 songs, right. That's absolutely an album. That is an album. But. It's not. It's still. How how long did you say it was, Jake? 34 34 minutes. minutes. Yeah. That's an interesting predicament. Wow, that's interesting. Well, so, why did you guys do that, Jake? Is that just the, the way? It can- well, just just real quick, you know, those seven song albums they may identify as albums, but they ain't. Yes, um, thank you. you. Know, they're EPs. I definitely agree. Mm, there you um, go. But uh-huh. you know, I don't know. I think it was just a matter of you've only <laughs> got like it feel like as as humanity declines and idiocracy <laughs> takes over. Like you have a shorter and shorter window to get people's attention. Like, Excuse me. You can know? you say that one more time, please? That is very <laughs> profound and Sorry. I need to hear it again in my own ears. One more time, please. Jake <laughs> Palumbo. Oh, you know, like I said, as, 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 as humanity declines and as idiocracy increases, like, you know, people's attention span is really, shrinking and you know you you think about it like now you know people make careers off of 60 second instagram videos and eight second vines and 140 character tweets and things like that so you know the days as much as i'm nostalgic for you know uh the days of the 22 song no limit album you know (laughs) that's not always practical nowadays so i'm figuring you know if we only got people's attention for this long I still, me personally, you know, and even if people think in a in a single driven market, some people might think it's an outdated format. But I still very much believe in the power of the album. Like oh, I'm gonna absolutely. always make albums regardless. Me because too. To me, like an album is a statement. Like that's a start to finish. Mm-hmm. This is my work. You know, that's to me what really make you an artist is the ability to do an album and do a complete 
piece of work. So, you know, we, we still wanted to make an album. It's like, if we're going to have these songs, we need to give them a beginning, middle, and an end and take them on a ride, you know, have some up-tempo joints, have time to get some spitting in, have time to touch on the serious topics. Like keep going. Have time to, you know. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, <laughs> it, I feel like an album should take you on a journey. It should take you up, down, sideways, you know, whatever you're experiencing at the moment. But, again, being conscious of the fact that you, you only got a certain window with people nowadays. You know, people drop an album and then the fans will be like, when the new shit dropping? Oh, my God, you know, oh, bro. As opposed to from our era when it's like a lot of times they'd save the best record for like the third, fourth or fifth single, because it was a much more long-term, uh, you know, they, they were, they were looking at it much more long-term marketing. Right. Right. But you know, that, I, I, that's really all it came from was just like, you know, not wanting to waste people's time. And it's like, if we could really do a lean, mean in and out, like, um, rest in peace, man, the late, great Sean Price. I've seen him talking Hard. to, and I've, I'm not the only person that's heard this story. I've heard other people say the same thing. When he made Mike Tyson, you know, it was only about 38 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And people would ask him, uh, they say, yo, the album's too short. And Sean P would say, "You, oh, really? It's too short? You liked it, right? Play it again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And and When I see the thing, I, I was like, bang, there you go. Play it again if you like it. And that's going to end the interview because I'm I'm done. That's all I needed right there. Jake, it's been great talking to you, man. We're going to get on up out. Nah, bullshit. Hey, man, that was the realest shit I heard all yeah, this man. year, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. And the fact that you brought P up, you know, the, the Sean P interview we did is sitting at 17,500 plus plays at yeah. this point. I need a good P story right now. Like that was the beginning of a good P story, but I think you, I think you got something for me, man. I, I just, I just had a glimpse of what that brother was like when we talked to him, man. Can you tell me anything about P that that the world might not know, and definitely that I don't know? Um, you know, I, 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 I definitely knew and worked with Sean P. You know, he came through my studio probably. I'm going to say about 15 times or so over, you know, the last few years. Yeah, I won't claim to know him as well as a lot of people did, but, you know, he, he was a presence, man. Like, he, he really, you know, I know he always loved Marvel characters and the Grey Hulk and, you know, all uh, you know all types of, you know, iconic, uh, you know, characters like that. And he was that type of presence. He was dead funny, too. The mm. dude was hilarious. You know, and um, I remember one time, the last time I saw Sean Price, actually, he came by to do some songs with my man Innocent. And I, at, when my studio was in Manhattan, we had a little lobby that was, um, you know, it was uh, you, you could go blow it down at in between mm-hmm. your sessions and whatnot. So there was a group of folks congregating and blowing it down. And Sean P was on his iPad, you know, just looking at stuff and hitting his blunt and um there was a dude that was in the lobby. I'm not going to name names, but he was a little drunk and was going in about, yeah, son, you know what I'm saying, son? Like, they don't be playing the real shit on the radio, son. You know, they be saying this where hip-hop <laughs> oh, lives, God. man. Fuck the radio, son. You know, he's going oh, in. no. And, you know, the, the room's just kind of letting the dude holler for a minute. And Sean P. look up from his iPad and he go, hey, you know they got these now, right? He's like, you can play anything you want to listen to. <laughs> And it was just like conversation over. You know what I mean? Like that, that Shut was, that the was fuck up is basically what he was. But he did basically it in the like nicest way. 
You know, oh, if you man. don't like the radio, don't listen to the radio. Don't listen like you to got that these shit. handheld devices now. Wow. Like you can pull up literally any song you want to listen to, man. Wow. What are you hollering about? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It, it was amazing, man. Uh, but now definitely um, you know, I, I was blessed to get him on my album. He's on a song called Dikembe Palumbo. Mm. Yeah, I think that's how we connected, Jake. Yeah, I think we played that joint on one of the episodes. Definitely. The early episodes. Definitely. Yeah, man. I do remember that, and I appreciate that. Um, You know, that was, was, you know, unfortunately, you know, it it became fashionable for a lot of people to say afterwards, but, like, I, I say... Of sound body and mind, man. Sean Price was my favorite rapper. You know, from the time that uh, no you know, I, I, around Monkey Bars, Jesus Price Superstar. When yeah. I first really got up on his music, like he was my favorite rapper. Like my alarm in the morning used to be Onion Head to wake me up. You know what I mean? That's so, real. That's real. It was, uh, you know, it was it was definitely an honor to get to 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 work with him and to know him. You know, in the in the capacity that I did, so definitely. Thank yeah, you, man. Dope. So so Jake, back to back to the uh back to the, the album with Rusty. <clears throat> um mm-hmm. so twelve songs, thirty-eight minutes. And I I want to put the cap on this. Here's the thing is that even if those songs are short, you still have to have twelve different beats. You probably have to have twelve or thirteen different concepts. Like yep. even even though these shong, these song shongs, these songs <laughs> were short, um, you know, you still have to you still have to apply a certain amount of care and attention. To, to crafting this kind of as you were saying right that's some work that goes into it well it does right you know i mean you know that's that's, that's 12 hooks that's you know it, it all goes back to an album you know being a a beginning middle and an end you know what i mean so you know we never uh we would generally i don't think we ever did more than one song per day like i don't think no two songs were recorded in the same day like we'd work on something and you know knock it out and and live with it and then rusty would come back next week and you know we'd do another song and you know it's uh you know the the beat just kind of tell you what to do you know the the from there the concepts kind of help make themselves you know yeah we uh we worked together and also stayed out of each other's way you know what i mean and it worked really good oh so is this your first? Is this your first full length with someone else? Like where you've entirely um, produced it, or no? Actually, you know, it's getting this kind of recognition. Yeah, but you know, uh, with me and my crew, you know, the Space Lab uh, crew, you know, we've released I think thirty eight titles in nine years. You know, between myself, uh, the Van Gogh, the group Gotham Heights, um, uh, my man Cypherface, uh, my man Ali Ox. You know, we we all kind of you know had our crew for a while and jake, you know, jake I, I, hold on for a second satchel shut the fuck up man we record man god damn hey man john picked up this stray ass dog man and took him in <laughs> and he's a fucking asshole man <laughs> I, he races as fuck like every time i come in here he get to barking and shit and i'm just like <laughs> I've been coming around this motherfucker for years, right? What are you saying about Satchel? Man, Satchel ain't shit. Man, <laughs> fuck Satchel. I'm about ready to take him to some the closest Chinese restaurant, man, and just drop him the fuck off, man. And oh, turn awful. him into a number eight. 
That's awful. I mean, like all you right. get on my goddamn nerves. All right, man. all right. So back to back to we're here talking to royalty right oh, now. I, man. I know, I know. I, Jake, Jake, I apologize. All right, so we saw, we saw. Back, back to your thirty-eight releases or twenty-nine. Yeah, 28. but you know, like I said, you know, that was, you know, before anybody in the industry, you know, paid any attention to anything we was doing. You know, we was consistently, you know, self-recording, producing, pressing up, releasing, self-booking shows. You know touring in a honda accord you know there you go you know, doing the um so Damn, that was not really, the honda tour hold up <laughs> who who you who you tour with in a honda man we did a tour in 2011 or 12 um I are we talking about a honda before. odyssey or accord or civic no, what we, 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 uh there's a video on youtube we we chronicled the the whole thing we did a tour <laughs> called the four deep in a honda tour <laughs> And it was it was four of the guys from Space Lab. It was myself, Cypherface, Caesar Van Gogh, and Ali Ox, and we toured from New York to Los Angeles for three weeks. Uh, four rappers in a four door '97 uh, Honda Accord. God oh my which, God! Which got impounded for nine hundred dollars at one point on that tour. <laughs> uh, but you know, I say all that to say, yeah, we we've, we've literally been doing the DIY, um, you know, uh, building our own fan base slowly but surely, you know, for ten years now, or, or more than that, but seriously for ten years. Yo, so, that's you know, DIY that like a motherfucker right there. And <laughs> and the impound did that happen in Cali? Uh, no, actually the impound happened. Uh, we had a show in New York, then we had a show in PA and Delaware, then had to go back to New York for one more show. Then, then we went to Boone, North Carolina. So when we went back to New York, it got impounded in New York. We was home and it got impounded. Damn, um, damn. We was on tour, but home and it got impounded. It damn. Was, was hey, that's some oh. shit. God damn. <laughs> on tour and get impounded at home. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, man, like all that stuff, you know, was, was, was the preparation leading up to, to what's happening now. And, yeah. you know, because I have produced so many full lengths for, for my peers, you know, I got a much, uh, you know, better idea what to do, you know, and that's why I'm trying to take my approach as a producer, you know, going back to, again, going back to what I was saying about believing in the album still, you know, I feel like for me at this point, you know, I can go around trying to place beats and, you know, run to this A&R and do that and do that and just get wrapped up in a whole bunch of bullshit that I don't really have any patience for, or I can get with artists like in, and, you know, I, I dropped the album at the top of this year that I produced for a Queens MC named Rock Mecca uh, that came out on Soul Spasm. Yeah. And, um, you know, he had some appearances on there from Cool Keith, uh, Cannabis, Rock Marcy, oh, wow. you know, a couple of different people. And so, you know, dropping that project with Rock Mecca, this one with Rusty. Um, I got another album with my man Caesar Van Gogh coming at the end of the summer. And then sometime near the end of the year, uh, me and Elder Sensei from Artifacts is going to get our project together. But, um, I'm trying to use rather than going around, like I was saying, running around, trying to pour beats out here and there and there. I feel like if I could just produce a hot album, start to finish with MCs that people pay attention to, you know, when you listen to these 12 tracks in a row, you know, that's going to be the best commercial for my production that they is. You know what I mean? Like no doubt. you can come yeah. see me, get the beats, you can record it at my studio. I mix and master it, put it out on my label, whatever, you know, say start to finish, no middleman, no bullshit. No doubt. And you know, that's kind of the approach that I'm using at this stage of the game to, to further, you know, people knowing about me as a producer showing like, you know, anybody can place beats and that's cool. And definitely if you need beats, then you got to check. You know, feel free to holler at me. But um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like by crafting a real project with a real artist and using that as a showcase for what I can do is going to, yeah, at my point in the game is going to be, you know, the, 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 the best way to wake up folks to sleep. And I think. Man, yeah, remember shout when, out to uh, Rock Mecca, man. Yeah, word. For real. Remember, remember Meeks? Yeah, uh, yeah. Help, man. yeah word. So, remember Meeks when we were talking to Future Wave mm. about, and, and Daniel's son both, about how, uh, how they got together and why they've taken the approach that they've taken. And it was very similar to what you just said, Jake, and that, you know, you could, you could be out here driving yourself crazy trying to get, you know, production placements and giving away beats for free. And people are doing all this, you know, beat leasing shit and all this stuff. Oh, we, just, man. we just said, fuck it. We're just going to do our own thing. Yeah. And I'm going to find artists to work with. And, you know, we're just going to build this thing from the bottom up and, you know, that's a lot better than trying to beat your head against this, you know, you know, fake ass, you know, crazy industry shit, yeah. you know, trying to get fucking beat placement. And, whatnot, and Jake, you know? Jake, real quick, what is the climate like in New York right now? Because yeah, that's a good question. You're talking to a couple of cats that did a couple of CMJs up there and, and made the rounds, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, New York is New York. So what... Um, as far as like beat placement and 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 shopping and things like that, is that still a viable yeah, thing, or or what? what uh, what's the business like I mean, in New it, York right now? It is, but it's like it's been whittled down to such a smaller group of people that are actually, you know, uh, you know, if, if fifteen years ago there might have been you know five hundred A and R's you could go see, like mm. now there's you know less than seventy five probably. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. You know, it's it's. Just, the the entire microcosm has just shrunk. And, you know, it, talking in the, in the the major label world and stuff like that. You know, yeah. the, the 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 microcosm has shrunk significantly, and there's a big division of, uh, you know, it's almost like the ninety nine percent and the one percent um in mm. in that aspect. And you know, the it seems like the folks that are surviving are the folks who know how to find a comfortable place in the middle, and and swim. Um. You know, as far as the scene and stuff like that, you know, we have had a, a, a bad experience in New York with a lot of our key venues closing down. Um, you know, oh, like which everything. ones? Name them, name them, Jake. Oh, I mean, a bunch of them. You know, Southpaw was Southpaw was a, a huge center for for quote unquote underground hip hop. Um, you know, it's gone. Um, they just closed BB BB Kings was the Madison Square Garden of what, of what we. All right, yeah, it was. Biggest, it was the biggest, uh, you know, Times Square, you know, bright lights, big city type venue that would actually book our genre of music, and they Did, just closed because they can't afford their rent no more. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't Rick Ross shut that place down? Wasn't that the last uh, show he was there? The last show, yeah, I think he was the last mm. show. So you know, BB King's is gone. Um, uh, I'm forgetting, uh, you know, the uh, uh, what was Despot Spot uh, show uh, place? Uh, is that still open? What was that place oh, called? Oh, uh, Santos is gone. Yeah, um, yeah, that yeah. place is gone. It seems you know, like I've been to Southpaw. Like I, uh, I, I remember that. Is gone. Who is um, gone? Uh, there was a place in Brooklyn called Sputnik that used to book Sputnik's, a lot of hip hop shows. Okay. It's gone. You know, so we have less and less and God less damn. places to format, and it's that's even become a division to where like there's a few key spots. Like uh, there's a place called the Delancey. Um, you know, it's not the biggest place, it's not the fanciest place, but they host a, a dope hip hop show every Wednesday. It's free. It's usually, you know, legit names on the bill. Um, you know, it, it tends to be either, you know, big ticket concerts or like pay to play artist showcases. 
Those wow. are everywhere. Um, you know, where you get 35 artists on a build and they all paid $150 or whatever wow. it was. And they get they five minutes on stage to perform their song. And it's 35 of them. And as soon as that person performs, the people that came with them leave. And, right. you know, it's all it. Um, that's you know, so I, that's why, like, we, we still do shows in New York periodically. But, um, you know, if I had to rely on performing in New York City, I, I don't think I'd... I, my live show game would not exist. Like we wow. literally, you know, we go to places like Tucson, Arizona. We go to uh, Dover, New Hampshire. We go to um, Portland, Maine. We go to, uh, you know, Boone, North Carolina. Like, you know, it's, and I've also found too, that a lot of times when you go to these smaller towns, like, you know, even, even though I just painted the New York city show scene as dismal, like, you know, there's 15 shows we could go to tonight. Like we was actually on our way to go to the duck down barbecue tonight, but it got rained out. Um, Dude, I, I know, can't, I can't I, wrap my head around the fact that you, 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 I mean, you just basically alluded to the New York live performance scene is dead. That's crazy to me. It's not dead, but it feels like it's on life support sometimes. Um, damn. You know, and and some of that, you know, I blame on the infrastructure, and some of that I blame on the scene itself because, you know, people not doing business correct, you know, people being cheap, everybody in the show trying to get in for free because they rap too. Like, you know, right. it's, it's a bunch of different <laughs> things. But, yeah, you know, I, I say that to say, like, even, you know, even with it being dismal, like, you know, literally tonight, um, you know, there's there's ten shows you could go to if you want to go see a show. But when when we go to these smaller towns and more off the beat, you know, places that like I just named, you know, mm. we may be the only hip hop show to come in that month. Oh yeah, and it's live so, as a motherfucker in there. And that's what I mean. Like you know, people come out because you know, you know, I'm, I'm from Johnson City, Tennessee. I know what it's like for there to not be nothing to do. You know what I hell mean? Hell yeah, so, hell yeah. You know, it, it, you know, if if a show comes into town, you know, most people are going to go check it out. And there just seems to be a, a deeper appreciation. Like, man, you came all the way out from New York to rock with us. And I find that when we leave that town, those people continue to follow you on social media and stick with you and stuff like that. So. We still perform in New York on, you know, I, I'm literally actually as I, as I literally it's life is ironic as um as as I just sat here and told you, in my opinion, the, you know, the, the New York live scene is on live support. I'm actually getting ready to do one of the biggest shows of my career next week, <laughs> the day before my album comes out. Talk um, about it. One of the last one of the last remaining, like, you know, quote unquote, big venues in New York City that still books. Um, you know, our type of music is the Highline Ballroom. Okay. Uh, Rock Marcy just sold it out a few weeks ago. Um, and so we're going to be performing there. It's it's a, it's an all-star lineup. It's uh, Cassidy, uh, my man Raz Kaz, uh, it's Rusty Jux. It's myself, uh, my man Cambada, and an artist uh, coming in from Ghana named Kwao Kessie. Wow. Um, so, huh. yeah. We, we rock it. I, I literally been waiting the whole time I've been in New York for 12 years. I've been waiting to rock the Highline Ballroom. Wow. And, you know, just never was a big enough draw or whatever it was, you know what I'm saying, you know, to get my phone calls returned. And, you know, we about to rock <laughs> that uh, next Thursday, a week from today, actually. So you no, and, yo, you the, and Rusty? Uh, or? Is the that- Highline is where they do the smack battles and shit, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, okay. So that's you and Rusty, Jake, at the Highline? Uh, we're actually both doing solo sets, like, wow. um, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end up coming out doing his set, I'm sure. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, that is dope. Good for you, man. Hell yeah. That's dope. That's, that's hell. 
So what else can you tell about the album? Tell us about the album, Jake. Uh, you, got, you got some features on there. You mentioned Razzie earlier. Razz Cas. Um, there's actually two features. Like we kind of kept that to a minimum too. We got yeah. Razz Cas on the last song called "Wake Up." Um, that's a little more, you know, like social political type content in that one. And you know, I work with Raz a lot as an engineer. Um, and so you know, it just kind of made sense to get him on that one. And uh, there's a song in there called "Full Speed Ahead." It features my man Skanks, uh, the rap martyr from Bank I Fam, and uh, he he laced that with a crazy verse. Um, that song ended up, you know, kind of becoming it's album cut, like it's track eight, but that kind of ended up becoming one of my favorites by the time we was done. Uh, but yeah, we kind of kept the features to a minimum too. Like it's me on the beats and Rusty on the mic, and you know, like I said, you know. Uh, you know, all killer, no filler. Dope. Yeah. Hey, Jake, real quick, man. Going back to the 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 southern drawl and the <laughs> and the play and the player aspects of just who you are, <laughs> because because I see it and I recognize it and I I acknowledge it. Jake Palumbo has slowly gained recognition over the last few years for his work with elite MCs such as Rock Marciano, Royce the 5'9", Sean Price, rest in peace, Capadonna, Wu-Tang Clan, Rock of Helter Skelter, Raz Cass, Elder Sensei, Artifacts, Cool Keith, Cannabis, Vast Ash, Sabam Sadiq, and many more. How do you find yourself in these situations, man? Like, we talking about some dudes that personally we've tried to get at <laughs> and haven't been able to do it. And is it is it a situation where accessibility is the least common denominator or is it is it your work ethic is it your professionalism what's the draw because I that's think it's all of these that's high cotton man that's, like you know it it you know honestly and you know as you know a lot of it goes back to being an engineer you know um you know i've had my own studio uh for almost about seven and a half years now, you know, and prior to that, you know, shortly after I moved to New York, when I was fresh off the boat from Tennessee, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I worked at a couple other studios around the city and, you know, I, everywhere I worked at, I made a conscious effort to, to be personable, to be good at what I do, Mm -hmm. to get the work done and get the fuck out of the way when it was time to get the fuck out of the way. Um, to always identify who, the check writer was in every situation. Okay. Um, you know, to, you know, but, but really just to be personable and to deliver. And I, and you know, as time went on, you know, all those studios I worked at started closing and eventually I had enough clientele to go into business for myself. And really, you know, it, it, it was, it was being in that position, you know, having a reputation as being, you know, dope on the boards and, you know, uh, being fast, being easy to work with, being cool, you know, um, even on down to like, you know, you know, people like to pick my brain in the studio and ask me mm. like, you know, legal questions about the music mm. business or like ask me, yo, what was the B side to this 12 answer? You know, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday, but I can tell you the answer to that. <laughs> got gotcha, you, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. know what I mean? So, uh, I say that to say a lot of times, like, um, 
it's so it's a much easier sell. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. Like, here's the, one of the biggest things I I feel like has helped me is not shooting my shot before it was time to shoot my shot. And what I mean by Man. that is this. Like, for example, like I've engineered for Tony Touch for about five years now, starting with uh, the Peacemaker Three album. Okay. I didn't even tell Tony I did music for about a year after we started working together. Like he would come in the studio, I would get the work done. I would, you know, do what I was supposed to do. I'd be cool. I'd crack jokes, you know, develop a, a rapport. And so when it actually came time to, Hey Tony, you know, I, this is my new single, blah, blah, blah. Bam. It's in rotation on shade 45 on Toka Tuesday, you, you know, and then I don't ask him for nothing else for two years. And then when Jake until you make it come out, bam, I'm a guest on the show. Wow. And, and <laughs> I, I could tell you so many other stories like that to where I did not just run up on people. And like, yo, man, I rap, I make beats, man. I got my own label. Like, I'm doing this. I'm the future, man. We about to do this shit. Like, I didn't do that. I'm just, yo, what up? I'm Jake Palumbo. You know, here I am. This is what I do. Let's get your work done. And it's such an easier sell. Meaning, like, you know, if Sadat X come by the studio to do a feature for somebody, and I've known Sadat for a minute now, so, you know, it's, 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 it's no thing. But, you know, at that first point in time, like, if, if somebody has a great session with you, and they like working with you in the studio or they they love their mix and master or whatever. It's such an easier sell to be like, hey, man, you know, do you mind if I play you some beats? Or, um, you know, hey, man, I got this album coming. Like, I was wondering if you, you know, maybe what we got to do to get you on this song. You know what I mean? It's so much easier to get things done. Like, you know, people people always approach with the wrong attitude. Like, they come out with a handout. Yeah, like, yeah. what can you do for me? As opposed to what value can I provide to the situation? And I promise you, if you go into it with that approach of what value can I provide to that situation, you're going to get people much, much, much more willing to, to lend you a helping hand when it's your time. And, you know, no doubt. all these things, you know, Rock Marciano came through to do a verse for my man, Innocent. He had a good studio session with me. I didn't see him for two or three years. He came back to do another verse for somebody else. Oh, hey, Jake, what up? He remembered me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um by the third time I work with you, now I feel comfortable asking you, you know, hey, can I play you the song? I want you to get on Jake until you make it. And he blessed me on Manila Envelopes. Uh, and Innocent ended up doing the chorus on that song by proxy because they were there to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, you know, <laughs> just it, it definitely is making sure you're in the right situations. But at the same time, like you got to be patient. You got to think of the long, long term because this business is very small. Like when I first moved to New York, I thought like the music business was this vast sea of like 3000 people. And yeah. it's the same 500 people. You know what right. I mean? Just recycled. And this person work over here now. And this person work over here now. And you know, this guy used to be the janitor and now he the VP <laughs> or he used to be the VP and now he the janitor or, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, you see the same people on the yeah. way up as you do the way down. So by just being patient and, you know, um, even on down to, uh, you know, like working with some of the other boot camp guys, you know, um, yeah. when Rock Nest Monster came time to do his uh, his solo album, the guy that was A&R in his solo album had came to do a session with me two weeks before. And he's like, oh, well, we need a studio to do Rock's album. I had a good session with Jake. I should recommend him. Wow. I worked with them dudes for months, man. That, like we, I think I tallied it up. We spent like 210 hours on that album or something like really? that. Like, the last solo album, Jake? Uh, Rock Nest AP. I oh, really? Most, 
that album. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I, the only song I didn't work on the Wu Tang song. There's a Wu Tang song on there yeah. that did it out in Staten Island, but most of that uh, album was recorded at my studio. God damn, that's a good um, sounding album, Jake. Oh, thank you, man. Um, you know, damn. but like I said, same thing because I did this, uh, you know, session for this uh, this guy, and he's working with this other guy, and he's like, oh, well, I had a good session with this dude. Bam, and then Rock's like, oh, I know Jake. Yeah, and, man. Cha-ching, you've got a deal. So, you know, and again, Word. I'm just using these people as examples because, you know, um, you know, but but I can tell you that same story in a bunch of different formats, you know. And sure. and like I said, I've been I've been pursuing this hard for, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years now, and I'm just really reaping the fruits of my labor in the last three or four years. Yeah, totally. Where do you think and you learned? Prior to- go ahead. You Good no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say prior to that, like I had almost kind of accepted like, well, I'm going to just languish in obscurity. And I mean, <laughs> hey, at least I'm happy. And, you know, I got to, you know, but, you know, it, it, perseverance, you never know what's around the corner. Yeah, man. No doubt. Where do you think you learned that from, man? Because I don't know you can really teach that. I, 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 have, I have a very similar philosophy to yours, actually. I don't know. You if, can't teach that. You can. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can teach that, but it would take a man more wise than I. Um, you know, I just had to, I always say everything I learned, I learned by fucking it up. Right. You know, (laughs) mistake is the best because, you know, you know, when I was three years old, I went and put my hand on the heater and I burnt the shit out of myself. But Mm. guess what? I never put my hand on the heater again. I bet you did. You know, (laughs) so, you know, it's that same thing. Like everything I've truly learned about, you know, how to navigate the music business and stay afloat. You know, even on down to navigating life and, you know, women, relationships, whatever it is. Everything I learned, I learned by fucking about. Oh, don't get us started on that shit. (laughs) Yeah, you want to talk about a goddamn rabbit hole. You talking about burning your goddamn hand on the heater. How about me and all my cousins got the same floor fern scar on our leg? (laughs) Anyway, hey, Jake. Uh, what did you What did you uh, gain your skill set from, man? Are you classically trained? Did you go to school, or is this just some some no, real life experience? It's pretty much just bedroom woodshedding. Um, you know, I did like when I was a kid. Kid, you know, I used to play in the school orchestra and stuff like that, and I was a percussionist. I I learned how to read music and stuff like that, but I got kicked out in the eighth grade for being a disciplinary problem. <laughs> uh, and, you know, but I just chalk it up to the same thing. Like, you know, living in Tennessee, like if you don't find, you know, maybe it's different now that Bro. they got smartphones and Netflix and all types of other stuff. But, you know, when I was a teenager, like if you don't find something to occupy yourself with, you're going to get into trouble rather oh, quickly. Small town shit. <laughs> so, Quit. You know, my mom, you know, how my mom and dad tolerated me having a set of drums in that little rental house, you know, when I was in the seventh grade, I don't know, but I might not be talking to you today. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they did not mind me making noise, making music, you know, uh, you know, because, because they know where I was at. Like if I'm in the bedroom banging on the drum machine or playing the drums or playing the bass or the keyboard or whatever, you know, they know where I'm at, you know what I mean? So they tolerated the noise and shit like that. So, um, you know, and same thing, you know, it, it, it's just, I mean, it's a passion and it's a, an obsession in some ways, but even on down to like, when I moved to New York, I found myself in a bit of a pickle because I'm not going to lie to you. Like I moved to New York with about 75, $80 to my name in Ooh. 2006. Oh, um, you know, oh, and I, I stayed on somebody's couch for a few months till I found a job in an apartment and, you know, I was at a crossroads because I'm like, I've moved to New York because I need to make a drastic change. I need to, you know, make my mark in the music business, you know, 
I'm going to die in Tennessee, whatever it is, you know, and, mm. um, you know, I, I found myself at a little bit of a crossroads of like, you know, well, how do I get in? Like, I don't know anybody. And this is this big oversaturated thing and everybody raps. And, you know, I got to thinking like, you know, I've operated a studio in my bedroom for all these years and I do kind of know some shit. Initially, I wanted to go to audio engineering school, but yeah. even though I was approved for financial aid, that was not happening because they want their cash up front, and I ain't have it. So mm. I got to thinking, and I was like, when you finish audio school, they call it job placement, but it's actually internship placement. Right. And right. so, you know, you get placed in an internship, and it's up to you to parlay that into any kind of paying work. No doubt. So I got to thinking, I was like, what if I just skip that step in the debt and just get an internship somewhere? There you go. You know, and then, you know, I, I already know some stuff. I just need to work under some OGs and, you know, learn the rest of it. And that's what I did. I was the oldest intern there. And, you know, um, <laughs> you know, so e even learning the studio shit, like it's, it's funny, a lot of my studio clients will always ask me, you know, Hey, did you go to school for this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, you know, right. I just, you know, I, I recorded session after session after session after session, and I made a whole bunch of mistakes, and I learned from them. And, yeah. So, yeah, That's man, it's crazy. all self-taught, like, from the, you know, everything. That's crazy. How'd you, so, how'd you get into this music shit, Jake? Did you, your family big into music growing up, or what? what's your story uh, there? My mom and dad had a real big vinyl collection. Um, when I was a baby, I used to chew on their vinyls, which I feel like had some sort of <laughs> chemical reaction. And it's why I got crates of records well, taken up the face of my house. Had vinyl, <laughs> vinyl records for a teething ring. Get the fuck out of here. Man. I mean, that's what I started on. But, you know, they um, you know, they had real, real wide musical taste. Like, you know, my dad was into a lot of prog rock. And, you know, my mom listened to everything from Cat Stevens to Black Sabbath. And Oh, your um, parents are East Tennessee I, hippies, dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. They were. Okay, okay. Oh, all right. Wow. Yeah, I, I, know, I know that deal. I know what, that, what, wow. what that's about. You know, I just, and, and again, I credit it to growing up somewhere where there wasn't a lot to do. Like, you got to find something yeah. to occupy yourself. And in the 80s in Tennessee, like, I could put on records all day and stare at the cover and listen to the sounds and, you know, read who the bass player was or, yeah. you know, whatever it was. Um, you know, and that was how I kept myself occupied. And then, you know, by the time I became a teenager, when that translates over into hip hop and, you know, uh, a good skill to have in hip hop is the ability to dig through the crates and know who the different musicians were and all that. I'm like, well, I already know that. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, it, it became, uh, you know, it, 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 it was the easy transition in that aspect. You know what, Jake, I had a, I had an interesting experience, believe it or not. And the only time I've told this story was actually on 91.1 FM here on Georgia tech radio. And funny enough, it was Rodney, uh, Rodney C. Rodney C. Believe well, it or not, that asked me the question. Huh. And um, I can't remember exactly how he framed it, but it was basically like, um, more or less, how did you know you wanted to be a part of hip-hop? Hmm. And the, 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 the one th single thing that I can think back to, oddly enough, we're talking about East Tennessee here, is that in 1984... I was, we were on like a little like weekend family vacation trip with my, with my mom and dad, and my sister and the world's fair in Knoxville, Tennessee was going on. Mm. And that oh, is the, oh, yeah. you remember that Jake? Um, uh, I was a, I was a baby, but you were a baby, fair. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you yeah. know of it. I'm sure you know of that. I, I definitely don't. I mean, world's shit. fair park still there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 
So, um, well, well, shit. I mean, fucking nineteen eighty four. I was what? Uh, how old was I then? Six, seven, seven. I was seven then. Man, eighty four. I'm thirteen. There you go. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so please, uh, please edit that out. Yeah, I, I will. I will. I'll edit that out. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I went to the fucking World's Fair, and that is the first time that I saw someone b boying in person live. Mm. I saw that they had the wow. fucking cardboard down, had the fucking you know, had the whole shit on, had the Adidas shit on. Mm. And while you know, I am the last person that you would ever find fucking ever thinking about trying to do some shit like that dude i when i saw that in person dude i fucking locked in yeah and that's just so ill to think about that and when i told the story on on uh on uh on georgia tech radio there was a guy there that was actually from new york like you know 70s 80s saw the whole hip-hop shit come up but he just happened to be in knoxville at that time. Wow. And he knew what wow. I was talking I'm getting the chills talking about it. He was there at the same time and was at the World's Fair in fucking 84, man. It's just so ill. Like, you know, Jake, you're from the fucking sticks of East Tennessee. And here, <laughs> here I am from the sticks of fucking Kentucky. Man. You know, and just, like, how does that even fucking happen, man? That is just That's the strangest man. shit, man. That's hip-hop, I mean, it's, man. It's the power of hip-hop, Yo, man. so like, ill. You know, my, um, you know, again, like I said earlier, you know, I've, I've been collecting records and music and fascinated mm-hmm. with different music since yeah. I was a baby. But um, when I was uh, in, let's see, in 1994, I guess, um, it was probably about 12. And uh, I used to mow my grandmother's lawn and I'd give my little 10 $15 or whatever it was every week, and I would pretty much always take it down to Camelot Music in the mall and there buy somebody's tape. <laughs> and so um, I had seen the public enemy takes a nation of millions to hold us back sitting in the rack for weeks, and it was like that tape was staring back at me. Like, <laughs> when they in the jail cell, and I was just like they were looking back at me. And I didn't know what the album sounded like, like, you know, um, and eventually, like, after the fourth week, I was like, you know what, I'm buying it. Oh shit! And I took it home, and I, I told Hank Shockley this when I met him at the uh, oh, AES shit, event man. a couple years ago. Um, I ran into him at the Audio Engineer Society convention in 2014 or 15. But uh, I told him this: I played that tape so many times that the actual tape snapped in half. Mm-hmm. Um, like I still have it to this day. So um, you know, it was at the time I was very much into a lot of punk rock music. And I really liked uh, the message, you know, of breaking down the establishment of, you know, self-empowerment of, uh, you know, uh, you know, keeping your body and your mind clean. You know, um, I didn't start dirtying up my bloodstream until I was about 2021. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I just really liked that message at the time. And when I heard Public Enemy, it was it was saying the same thing, but it just seemed so much more powerful and effective. And I was like, this is what I would put on the front lines of the fight in the war. And it just, it, that, that, that album blew me away. And so, you know, I would go to my grandma's, I ain't have cable until like I was probably a junior in high school. Um, God, and, but my God, grandma man. had cable and I would go over there and watch the OMTV rap. Oh, yeah, um, grandma. And, uh, you know, it, I think what really pushed me, as a matter of fact, I, can, I know what pushed me over the edge was, um, in 97, for my birthday that year, I asked my mom and dad to get me to Wu-Tang Forever. Um, 
Because you got to understand, Wu Tang did not make it down to my neck of Tennessee the first go around. Like, oh, we yeah. didn't find out about protecting your neck till later. Um, yep. But I had seen uh, MTV news thing about the the Wu Tang Forever coming up soon, and I just was I was like, I think I need that album, and so I asked for that album <laughs> for my birthday that year, and Mom and Dad got it for me, the double disc, and like I whipped that album open like Hell it was yeah. a comic book. And you know, Hell triumph yeah. and like all that shit. Like I was like literally running around my bedroom, like bouncing around walls. And when I started like reading up <laughs> and putting two and two together and finding out, like, okay, the rhythm's the guy that makes the beat. Well, hey, I know I could probably do that. I know how to use a drum machine and play a couple different instruments and blah blah blah. And you know, that album. If, if you're asking me what the moments that told me I needed to be in hip hop, like that, it, it was it was definitely the Wu Tang. There was stuff leading up to that, but the Wu-Tang Forever is what pushed me over the edge, you know. That's and, awesome. And just kind of changed my life in a way. That's awesome. I remember so, when the Wu-Tang Forever shit came out, we was we was kind of salty and jaded about it, man, because <laughs> we was like, yeah, it's cool, but, you know. But you been known about it, right? Man, I mean, we... we we had the 36 chambers. Yeah, you, you were know just what expecting saying? that just fucking like, 36 yeah, chambers. Yeah, I was just shit. looking for that shit, man. That's, yo, that's, that's, well, that's good history Memphis, right there, though. Nah, I was, I was in Atlanta. You know, I've been in Atlanta oh, okay. since 89. You know, I graduated oh, from high school oh, oh. in 89, and uh, I, I, I hit, uh, I hit the metro Atlanta area in the fall of 89, man. So I, I've been here ever <laughs> since, really. Um, yeah, Jake, Jake Mix is a cultured motherfucker. He 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 moved to the big city uh, <laughs> much many many more moons ago than you and me did. Big city, yeah, man. Fuck Atlanta. And hey, he's from, and, and and he's from Memphis. You yeah. know, he's he may be country, but he's still from Memphis. Yeah, you know, we're and, from the goddamn state. And don't man. get it twisted. I didn't start in Atlanta. <laughs> I hit Marietta, Georgia, was my first stop. <laughs> So, so let's let's not get all the way out there. But, I can tell, by the way, that Meek say Maine that he from Memphis. Oh uh, hell yeah! He say, he say Maine like a Memphis dude, man. Like he people says, don't understand, like Maine, like the to to really put the right infliction on Maine, like you got to be from Memphis. Man, <laughs> totally, totally. Look, 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 look here, correct. look here, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 Memphis to the day I die. You better not put me in no Georgia soil when I check out. I got to go back to M Town, yeah, man. A I'm mo- not that's a I'm, motherland, right? But there. actually, I'm not even going in the soil. You gonna burn me the fuck up? I'm not playing them goddamn games. I'm not <laughs> finna be worm meat. I ain't finna be doing none of that. I'm gonna be sitting in a goddamn vessel on somebody's shelf. <laughs> Probably, probably, probably my mama or my daughter, my oldest daughter, one of them. But I ain't playing that that worm meat game. But it, it's so interesting to hear your story, Jake, because it's very similar to ours. You know what I'm saying? As far as like, you know, when you when you think about hip hop and and its connections to the world, you know, there's 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 a certain aspect. There's a whole nother story when you get into where we come from yeah, totally. and how the South plays into this shit. No and doubt. and not even not even by today's standards, but early on, you know what I'm saying? It's like oh, man. I, I just remember like going to school and, and bringing like a, a three or four pack of blank tapes to to one of my homies to 
because my mom wasn't buying me shit first off. Yeah. And and just hitting them off like, yo, man, let me get that BDP. Right. And let me get that motherfucking uh, Schoolie D and whatever else you got. Because my mom wasn't buying that shit. Nah, man. But, All my shit was dubs, man. But but when she when she got into it and started instigating my shit, <laughs> Christmas 88, Big Daddy Kane, Bismarck right. Key, the list goes on and and... The rest is history. You know what I'm saying? It's That's just right. like it's just like when when I had her locked in, and, and you know I came I came and started at '88 because I come from a time where we used to roll up in the record store on a weekly, and they oh, had all yeah. the fresh shit, the 45s and the 12 inches, yeah. right behind the counter. Man, let me get that fat back band. Let me get that that Run DMC. Hell yeah, you know what I'm saying? Let me get the let me get yeah. the. Uh, Whoever else was popping at the time, yeah. I remember having that shit, like, and and my mom wouldn't even go in the store with me. She let me out the car. I go in there and get what I had to get, <laughs> and get back in the car, and I go to the house and uh, I throw she, that shit on the turn. Yeah, she knew what got your your your, uh, your gears going. Dude, man. this shit this shit changed my <laughs> life. This shit brought me out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like like before this hip hop got into my veins, I wasn't doing shit. Right. I was the ultimate lame. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had the cool cousins that was looking at me like I was a fucking idiot. Yeah. But when I got off into the hip hop before they did, they couldn't tell me shit. No Who the lame now? You no. know what I'm saying? So it's like I can appreciate you for that, man. I know I know what it is coming up like that. So 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 we locked in like that. That's that's cool, Definitely, man. Right. I appreciate that. What do, what do your parents think about all this music shit, man? Your family think about all this uh, shit, Jake? Well, I mean, definitely. My father passed away in 2003. Um, and so he only, you know, I mean, he always, you know, encouraged me uh, on the music for sure. But he, he only really got to see the, the, the you know, the, me really doing what I do now. He only got to see that in the baby stages. But my mom right. is my biggest fan. Uh, my mom, uh, you know, she keep up with everything I do and, um, you know, always is. is and, and the thing is, my mom's real popular amongst rappers, too, man, because, oh, you know, yeah. we'd always pop in on, on tours and stuff like that. And she feed everybody. And, and um, we did a record a couple years ago. It was maybe three years ago. I produced a record called Darkness. Uh, it was Shabam Sadiq, El Gant, uh, Master Ace, Raz Kaz, and Pause One. And my oh, mom I know that was diagnosed. Yeah. What's up? I know that record. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I produced that record, and um, you know, the artist mother had just been diagnosed with breast cancer at the time. Oh. And the uh, the artist, you know, donated all the proceeds from that record, you know, to her recovery and shit like that. So that was mm. that was a, 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 a huge blessing, you know, on their part. Very kind. Um, she she's doing better, man. She she's oh, had good. surgery and whatnot, and okay. you know, is on the mend. But um, you know, so so literally, I, I've helped raise money for my mom through hip hop. You know what I mean, oh. and you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know she like she's she's you know I'm not gonna say my mom is a hip hop head by any means, but you know sure. she she likes to be involved and understand what her kids are into. You know exactly. what I mean. So that's why I got that Wu Tang tape or CD exactly. for my birthday. Like that's why. Right. Yo, my you know, mom was my mom. A, my mom was the same way. She she was. I think she was out of fear for my life. <laughs> when I when I latched on to something 
like she was like, okay, I need to latch on to this shit Word. too because it seemed like yeah. we about to go feet first into this shit without you know no no regard no. No thinking about this shit. It seemed like he about to go all the way in on this shit, so I need to be ready. And and, and I can appreciate that uh, about my mom. And shouts out to my sister-in-law, Danetta Jackson, who just got diagnosed with breast cancer. And mm. she just had her first chemo uh, bless, session. Yeah, no doubt. Mm. So we praying for her. So, uh, and shouts out to your mom, Jake, for real. Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah. Damn. Word. What was I going to say? I don't know, man. It I had something beat. I was. I, was, I had sorry. something. I, no, no, no. It's okay. I had something I was going to transition. I'm to. going to get a beer. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back, Jake. Yes, oh sir. no! You know what? I was, you know what I was going to say? I, I was going to say like you know she she's got to have your your mom's got to have one of those moments where she's like, Jake, when's that nice boy Shabam Sadiq going to come by the house again? That sure is a nice <laughs> fella right there. I want to make him some <laughs> scrambled eggs and some bacon. And uh, what you're—you're you're not that far off, actually. No, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Shabam is actually one of her favorite rappers. Oh, really? Um, okay. No, I'm, I'm not even joking. She uh, she took a picture um, because Shabam liked to drink wild turkey, and oh. my mom liked to drink wild turkey, and they they connected on Facebook. Uh, you know, talking about <laughs> drinking wild turkey. And you know, obviously, uh, you know, Shabam has had breast cancer in his family too. Um, you know, so you oh, know that's why that. you know they were as gung ho about you know helping out with that record and whatnot. Um, you mm. know, so Shabam and my mom, my mom loves Shabam. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's funny. You know, my mom country. You know, she she got an accent that puts mine to shame. You know, oh, yeah. so you know her, uh, you know her pronunciation of Rusty Jukes is pretty dope. Um, <laughs> she, did, yeah, she did a drop. Kidding. She did a drop for Rusty. You done a drop for Rusty? Well, oh, and you, I... you should have. We should have. Man. <laughs> but no, she was uh, she was chastising me the other day because I hadn't um, I hadn't sent her a Space Lab shirt yet. Okay. I, I was I was I've been selling my merch and whatnot, and uh, she didn't get one of the yeah, new shirts, so or... I'm in trouble. Space Lab logo's ill, man. Who did that? You did that? Uh, no, I did not, man. One of my old partners back in Tennessee, um, Jack D, drew that. Uh, he actually originally drew that on a napkin in 2004, I'm going to say. Oh. Uh, and then it's just kind of morphed and, you know, stayed with us. You know, I got it made into a chain a couple years ago. And, you know, oh, there you uh, go. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's the logo we stuck with, man. It started yeah. on a napkin. Shit's hot. So you, you got more joints coming up with, with, uh, with, with your crew here soon? Like in 2018, yeah. 2019? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, you know, the, uh, me and Caesar Van Gogh definitely have a, a, another album coming, and um, Cypherface is always uh, staying active. We're going to start working on a couple projects with him. Um, and like I said, you know, I got a I got an album with Elder Sensei uh, from yeah, Artifacts man. coming later this year. We, um, we about 75, 80% done with that. Like, okay. um, you know, the same thing, you know, we both got a bunch of different projects. He's got the uh the XL album with Sadat coming up and you know Okay. I had the thing with Russ in a couple of different projects. So we, we kinda uh it'll probably be the end of the year when that come out. But um gotcha. we got a couple dope features on that one too, man. We got uh you know, Sadat's on it, we got John Robinson, uh we got Wordsworth on there, um, oh, you know, a couple right. different people. Um and then eventually, you know, I I got to start working on my next solo. Um, I'm I'm throwing around a couple titles, 
you know, in my mind, uh, you know, I got to always have the album title first before I make the album. Hell yeah. Um, That's the whole concept me, the and the title, visual, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's the clincher. Um, you yeah. know, so when I came up with Jake until you make it, like I knew what the album was going to sound like after that. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I definitely want to start on another solo. It's just, you know, all the production stuff. Stuff, you know, it kind of keeps me, you know, keeps me busy in the meantime, because I'll be taking a while to make solo albums sometimes. Like I, I nitpick stuff a lot. Um, you know, if, when it comes to doing features for people, like I'm at a good point where I can just hear the beat, you know, write and do what I do. But yeah. when it comes to my own albums, like I'm really bad about nitpicking stuff and yeah, you I was going to uh, ask you, like, how do, how do you split your free time up, man? Because you're, you know, you're in the lab all the time, you know, mixing hard. and engineering. Like, I don't know, what do you do, man? You just kind of go with the flow and just, you know, pick where the creati- creativity kind of takes you, or like, what? what how, how do you um, how do you manage that? It, it, and like, I, you know, a lot of times, like, um, now that I'm in my new studio and I'm in Brooklyn and I'm not paying that Midtown Manhattan overhead every month, mm-hmm. I've been able to lighten my workload as an engineer a bit, mm-hmm. which has has really helped me in in working on my own stuff. Because, you know, I had I had a awesome studio. It was a block from Madison Square Garden, but you know it cost me my arm, leg, and both balls every month. Damn. So you know, <laughs> both of them. That's part yeah, of why. Damn. Yeah, man. I, every month, man. Uh, but you know that's why Jake until you make it took like you know three and a half years to make because I'd be engineering for ten or more hours a day, you know, six days a week. And then, you know, when I'd get done, and that was just to pay the bills, you know what I mean? And to handle all the projects. And, you know, I'd get done and be like, well, I, I realistically got, you know, two and a half more hours before I fall asleep. You know, can right. I write a rap real quick? Can I make a beat real quick? You know, what can I do today before I crash out? And that was kind of how it got made of just me trying to do whatever I could do today. You know, even if it was just making one beat or starting on a verse or whatever it was, like, I just try to give it something every day. And it took a while, but at, yeah. at the same time, you know, I listened to that album, you know, a year later, and you know, it's still jamming to me, you know. Um, Jake, I was gonna so, ask you, yeah. man, are you are you like like uh, as far as like other engineers in the city and what? Are you are you high? Are you uh, strategically okay, priced high. or hey. <laughs> what's what you say? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely high. I said I'm high for a chunk of the day. Um, <laughs> no, definitely high. Uh, um, what was the question? No, I'm uh, price wise. Like, is I would it, say I'm re- for a man as busy as I am. I would say I'm pretty affordable, actually. Like, that's I, what's up. I, you know, the, the thing is, is like, yeah, I even made a video about this um, on my Instagram uh, a couple months ago because somebody had written in and asked me what should they charge for the engineering services and. There's so many different factors, you know, your skill level, your resume, you know, how busy you are, you know, but at the same time, you have to make, you have to make what you do affordable, I think, like, and I said in that same video, I said, is my skills worth $100 an hour? Probably mm. so. Is that a realistic price for me to charge in 2018? No, it's not. Uh. Um, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you could charge that, but guess what? Like only 2% of your clientele is going to be willing to pay that price, you know right. what I mean? Um, so, you know, I would, I would personally say that, you know, I'm fair. I mean, I, I, I make a good wage for what I do, okay. but, um, I think I'm actually one of the more affordable engineers in the city. Um, and, and, this, that's, is, I, that's, and this is all you do, right? I knock on wood. I'm about to walk over to my dresser right now and knock on it. Um, okay. in November, <laughs> it'll be 10 years since I had a nine to five. 
Man, that's God damn good dope. for you, Jake. Hell yeah. Um, I, I've, I've been a hundred thousand air and I've been a hobo, but you know, <laughs> and I'll make my next album the hundred thousand air hobo. Um, but you know, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen the bottom of that life and the top of that life. And like I said, it's all about trying to find a comfortable middle. Um, you know, but you know, praise the Lord, knock on wood, you know, in November, it'll be 10 years since my last day job closed its doors and laid me. I got laid off at my job the same week. I got my first paid session because I'd been interning at the studio and one of the engineers quit and they're like, well, Jake, we think you're ready. You know, but then that studio went out of business two months later. You know what I mean? So it's like, I've, I've, I've always had to learn to adapt and, you know, keep it moving. And I've found that even, even before I was in business for myself, when I worked at studios, I would always make personal contact with the client. They would call me directly to book instead of calling the studio. And then guess what? When I got to move, I mostly take them people with me. You know what I mean? But again, you know, I, I think I am one of the more affordable engineers in the city for the, for the experience and skill level. Um, and, and that's why, um, you know, and if anybody's listening right now, you know, if you need mixing and mastering, you know, there my you studio in New York, but I, I mix and master for people all over the world. Hell yeah. That's you know, what's up. To send files in and, you know, we got PayPal and all that stuff now. Like, you know, you ain't got to necessarily be in New York to work with me. Cool. Um, Yo, but, how, much, uh, yeah. how much did moving from Manhattan to Brooklyn play into you being affordable? Uh, well... I mean, actually, I mean, my prices is, you know, I, my prices have stayed the same pretty much for okay. about the whole time. I've been That's doing what's this. up. But what it has, what did happen, though, is that when I moved to Brooklyn, a lot of the clients that I couldn't stand, I hated their music. It was, you know, whatever it was, you know, I, I was able to dump a lot of those people. Okay. Because I would come to Brooklyn. You know, it, it, you know I, I slashed my overhead by a lot. So, you again, you know, I can now just mostly i still get some bullshit every now and again but i can i can mostly just work with people i enjoy working with and you know it it don't cost as much to be me as it used to so that freeze that's now <laughs> giving me freedom to to work on my own music because you know it takes a you know my breaking point to pay the bills is lower so that's why i've been more prolific this year than i have been in the last couple of years you know what i mean and i love it you know, Jake. and and you know, even the 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 work I'm doing is, you know, a lot of these people are my friends too. Like, you know, yeah. I got I got J57 in the studio tomorrow. Dope, um, dope. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, to be able to pay your bills working with your friends is 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 amazing. No doubt, Jake. What you consider bullshit these days? <laughs> um, it don't even have to do with you know. I, I, people may jump to interpret that as you know me call me saying mumble rap or you know skirt skirt or whatever. <laughs> But, you know, I, I have I have young boys that come into the studio that do that type of music that take their craft seriously and they, you know, they nitpick stuff and, you know, they treat it, you know, so I can't, I, I, I can't shit on that at all. Like, it's just like, I will literally, you know, in the past, like people come in and pay the hourly rate and all that and, you know, they'd be drunk or they've literally never rapped before in mm. their life or, you know, um, oh, or God, the, that's the worst. You know, it, it's like bad American Idol auditions. You know oh, what I mean? Like, my God. You, know, you get people that want to sing and they tone deaf or, you know. Um, Pants you know, on you, the ground. Hey, you can, you can fix that, right? You can fix that. You can nah, fix that, you right? fix that shit. <laughs> That's literally, I, you hear that all the time. Like, oh, you know. You can't fix that shit. Ain't a toolbox big enough. Craftsmen <laughs> don't make that shit, man. Sears. Sears is on the way all the way out. You can't fix that shit. God damn. 
Sears and Roebuck. God dang. Yeah, it, to me, I, I you know, I don't even have to. You know, I get I get some people to come in every now and again that you know I may not even necessarily like their music, but they take it seriously and they put their real effort into it. And you know, I will go just as hard for them to try to make them walk out of there happy as I will for Hell you know yeah. the music that I really enjoy. You That's know what I mean? What's up. Yeah. Because ultimately, if that if that artist walks out happy, they gonna walk back in with another bag <laughs> later on. You know what no I mean? Doubt. So, no doubt. You know, and you got to get yeah. that bag. Exactly. Bills don't pay themselves, man. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, Jake, we could talk literally fucking all night long. We could be here till probably fucking midnight because... We can folk, man. We yeah. spoke... We, this a family reunion <laughs> yeah, right so, here. This this supposed to go down right. like this, yeah. man. Like, I need to know... I need to know how Cousin Ann and Lil' Willie is doing, man, right now. But I don't want to get into all that, man. We... We 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 had enough of your time, man. This shit could go on forever. <laughs> Part two of the Jake Palumbo uh, conversation coming up on Southern. Yeah, that's got to be live. Get ready for that. That's got to be live. That's got to be in studio. I got to come down there and, yeah. and, and rock with y'all. Yeah. I'll come down to uh, I come down to Georgia, man, for the uh, for Part, Part two. two. That's All what's right, up. So, so Jake, if you can, what? if you can just leave everybody with uh, where they can go to support you, where they can spend some money on you. You know, where to get the new record, all that shit. You know, we'll just leave it like that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let you get about your night, man. Yeah, man. Um, well, you can go to jakepalumbo.com. That's J-A-K-E-P-A-L-U-M-B-O, jakepalumbo.com. Um, I'm on all social media, at Jake Palumbo. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, everything. Um you know, the the new album, Jake and the Jux Man, me and Rusty Jux, it comes out next Friday on July 6th. You know, set your 4th of July weekend off correctly. Um, you know, it's going to be available everywhere uh, via my label, Space Lab Recording slash Soul Spasm. Um, and, you know, my Jake Until You Make It solo album is, is in stores now. You can follow me on Spotify, you know, Apple Music. I, I'm everywhere. Like, you can, you can put Jake Palumbo into Google, YouTube, you know, you're going to find something. Right. Um, you got those, yeah, you got that little merch too, man. Those Space Lab shirts are looking crispy, oh, man. We we might we might say, we, we might have to do a um, we might have to do a Southern Vanguard Radio Space Lab T shirt swap. I'm with you're, it if you're up for that. I'm with it, Jake. Should, we got man. a we got a little situation with with uh with uh Soul Spasm man. Shouts out to Soul Spasm man. They, uh, they treating you good. That's a good situation for you. Yeah, I find um. J57 actually introduced me to Jim Drew, the guy that owns yeah. Soul Spasm. Yeah, same here. Yeah, same here. So, yeah, they, uh, you know, it, it was a real good situation. Um, you know, they gave me the freedom to, you know, to do what I want to do and to put records out, you know, how I want to and when I want to. And man, they had no, to open man, the door I, for you. I, you know, I definitely, uh, we've been rocking with them for a little over a year now. So, That's what's uh, up. you're definitely going to see some more music, you know, coming out through Soul Spasm with us. Man, shouts out to Soul Spasm. Or, so, 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 Jake, real quick, too, for, for those of you that listened to the interview first and not the mix show, you sent us, what, three exclusives tonight, I believe? I uh, sent three exclusives off Jake and the Jooks, man. Yes, sir. So let's talk about that real quick. We'll, we'll lead the people with that. What, you know, give them a little taste of what they can expect when the album drops this week. Definitely. So, poem. Um, what yeah. is it? Poem to your well, dome. We got, um, you know, you, we got the first single. We getting that. That's a record that kicks the album off. 
Yeah. Uh, we're going to be finishing up the video at the first of the week. So okay. you should see the video drop sometime around the end of next week. Okay. Um, I think, I think I actually gave you the first three joints off the album. Um, I gave you, we getting that you got poem to your dome and you got, give me what you got, uh, which I think is going to be the second single. Um, yeah, you gave me the crown well, heights know, joint too. the crown, uh, crown heights own. Oh, Crown Heights own too. Yeah, we, we're we're really. Um, I just recently uh, spent a month's rent on a new camera, <laughs> so I can start handling all my own videos. God uh, damn. You know, and, you know, we kind of aim to do visuals for most of the album. Like, you know, we're we're going to spend probably the next six months, you know, uh, putting visuals together for most of that, and you know, try to like we were saying earlier, try to look at it more in the long term and work the record for a little while. All right, beautiful. So, all yeah. right, man. <laughs> All right. So dope. Man, Jake, thank you, dude. Yo, I really appreciate you having me, man. I had a great time. Yeah, no man. Doubt. We appreciate yeah, you, and man. I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come down there for part two. Oh, we're we looking for oh, you. Oh, we're going to hold you to that. We're looking for you, man. We're going we gonna to bake cornbread and all kinds of shit when you show <laughs> you up, man. You say cornbread, I'll be there. You just throw up the cornbread. Signal. Man, and, I, and I, make a, I make a mean pot of greens, too, man. I do I do a trilogy of collards, turnips, and mustards. It's not to be fucked with. I got you covered, man. Now, you do have to be careful, Jake, because that. the very first time I went to Meek's, <laughs> the very first time I went to Meek's crib and had his fucking New Year's collard greens, black-eyed black pea <laughs> shit, my ass ended up in the goddamn emergency room at Kennestone with a fucking uh, uh, appendix. I got my fucking appendix removed. Well, check this out. What the now, fuck, man? Now, now, John Doe, bless his heart. <laughs> bless his heart. His his soul food. Bless his, heart. his soul food intake was at the minimal. You're right. It was. I will so admit his, that his body wasn't used to all that sodium and and seasoning <laughs> and shit. So we had to take an organ out yeah, so I can handle it. From I mean, now on. Dude, and, it, and it's just an appendix. You know what I'm saying? Like we got like you don't need that shit for anything anyway. I mean, we got like seven of those. So <laughs> one appendix to get your seasoning up. I mean, that's the ultimate oh, sacrifice, but I'm he good, good now. I fuck up some college now. Yeah, some he fuck all that beans. shit yeah. up, man. Chitlins, hog malls, all that shit. He eat all that shit. So we good. You got to spend money to make money, man. But I, but, I, but I know you ready, though. I, I know. Oh, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the trilogy, man. Oh, man. Jake, Jake that's what's up, man. We Jake appreciate Palumbo, you, man. Thank you, brother. Much love. Hello. Guys, have a great night, man. Thank you for having me, man. You too, man. Thank you, bro. We, we need good. Rusty. We need Rusty sometime too, man. Help us tee that up, oh, all right? Yeah, I'll send him your way. I'll send him your way, man, for all sure. Right, and right. um, and uh, shoot me your address and stuff, man. I'll, I'll shoot you guys out some t-shirts, man. Yes, That's what's up, and we'll it. send them back to you. Yes, all right, sir. all right, yeah. definitely. Man. Thank yeah, you, man. Be good, brother. Yeah, man. All right, thanks, man. Anything right, you man. need, holler. You got it. No doubt. All right, my man. Oh man, you gotta love it, dude. Man, it's good talking to family, man. It is. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't got to be there at the reunion, but if you if you just get the phone number, man, you can keep that relationship. See, man, intact. The, the the minute that I the minute that I talked to Jake on the on the socials on the Twitters Dude. a number of years ago, man, he shot that he, he I gave him my cell phone number, right? Because I'll give you my fucking cell phone number. Yeah, you know if 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 it's the right situation. Yeah, and man, he shot that four two three number over. 
which is which is East Tennessee. Oh man, all day long. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I was like, where are you from, man? Right. He's like, he's like, oh man, Johnson City. Hello, he up in Brooklyn with a four two three. Yeah, I'm like this motherfucker. See, that's just like see, that's Yo. just like me. I'm I, I now I got a six seven eight <laughs> area code, but my driver's license and my license license plate. <laughs> Man, don't play with me. I don't. I don't give a fuck about you yeah, or man. Metro Atlanta. Don't play with me. No doubt. I keep my shit at the crib. No doubt. Hell no yeah. Doubt. Yeah, I, man, I, knew from, I enjoyed that. I knew from that minute. I was like, yeah. you know, me, me and this, me and this dude, and yeah. us, we're, we're gonna get along. Yeah, he a real guys. one, man. Yeah, Shout out to Jake Palombo, man. His whole movement. Yes, for real. sir. We the right. guard. Yeah, we the guard, man. Southern Vanguard Radio DJ yeah. John Doe. That's that he meeks over there yeah. twice a week. Meeks twice a week. Though. South in your mouth. Tell a friend. Southern Vanguard Radio. We out. Peace. Peace.